Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back to the Quick Brain Podcast. We are dedicated to building better brains. Our goal is one billion brighter brains. No brain left behind. The topic of today, we're going to talk about social connections, nutritious foods for brain optimization and for greater performance. And I can't think of a better guest to have than the guest that we've had more than any other time on this show Sean Stevenson. Many of you know, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, I encourage you to subscribe. We have over 1.2 million subscribers there. If you're watching this on video, we happen to be at uh, at his set right now, uh, The Model Health Show, which is the number one health podcast, uh, one of our favorites on the team for sure. He is a best-selling author. We've had him on the show talking about sleeping smarter, eating smarter, and he's just one of one of the, the best guys out. And he's guy's got the most amazing voice ever. Welcome, welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you. I've got to live up to the hype now, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being back on the show. You have a new book coming out called Eat Smarter, which is a family cookbook. Yeah. And it's so much more than just a cookbook. Yes, there's great ideas on meal prep and foods that are great for your own performance, your mental health, your brain health, you know, your personal uh, performance. But we're gonna talk about the environment you eat in right. and the people you're eating with. Who we're eating with has a huge impact on our food choices and our health outcomes. I'll share a couple of st studies with you. I'll just rattle them off really quickly. This blew my mind. So one of them was a bunch of researchers at Harvard were collecting data on family eating behaviors, like how frequently they're eating together and their food choices. And this was going on for years. And I was just like, how do people not know this? Like this should be on billboards. And what they found was that Families that eat together on a consistent basis tended to eat significantly less ultra-processed foods, namely chips and soda, and significantly more whole real foods, namely fruits and vegetables, and as a result, significantly higher rates of essential nutrients that help to prevent diseases in those family members. Wow. And I was just like, that is nuts. Does this apply in other contexts? Like, can we get some specific things that get reduced as far as disease outcomes? And I found two studies. One of them was published in Pediatrics. So we're looking at outcomes for kids. And another one was published in JAMA. This is the journal of the American Medical Association. This is one of our top tier journals here in the United States. And these researchers found that, and I'm also gonna share a minimal effective dose, yes. which I'm a big fan of that. Mm -hmm. They found that eating together with your family three times a week, three times a week led to a plummeting rate of obesity outcomes in those children and significantly lower disordered eating in those children as well when they ate with their parents three times a week. And now also, of course, I wanted to give a minimum effective dose because we've got a lot of stuff going on. Right, right. And we wanna find the leverage point, right? Where do we actually see that tipping point to where we get these benefits? But another barrier to entry, which I'm uniquely qualified for, is, is this going to apply if we don't have resources, if we don't have access because a lot of that, even saying eating with the parents, is that applicable? What if you only have one parent in the household and what mm -hmm. if they're working and all these things? And so for myself, I grew up in the inner city and in poverty 
And in the United States, I always say this with a caveat, poverty is very different here in the United States versus other places. And so what these researchers found was that for these children in in this low-income environment, if they ate with their family members, whatever meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, didn't matter, four times a week, those children ended up eating significantly less ultra-processed foods, namely chips and soda they identified significantly less. And and they ended up eating five servings of fruits and vegetables daily, five days of the week, all right? There was something special about eating together with the family that led to these outcomes. We can talk a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes. Like why is it leading to these different outcomes? And one of those reasons is when you're around people that you care about, we start to make different chemistry. And as you know, we've talked about this before, your thoughts create chemistry in your body instantaneously. The most powerful pharmacy in the universe is in your own body. And I say that because it's not just bioidentical. It is made for you. It is tailor-made with the chemistry you're creating is made for your receptor sites. And it's based on your perception. And when we're around people that we care about, we start producing, one of the compounds we start to produce is oxytocin. And oxytocin has been found to basically counteract cortisol. And so we're switching over from this fight or flight sympathetic dominance that we're all just kind of habitually in today, the average person. We, we can go to zero to 100 really quick, but we're not very good at going from 100 to zero and down-regulating unless we get around people that we love. Hmm. And so we're switching over to the parasympathetic rest and digest is the nickname nervous system when we're around people that we care about under the umbrella of good food. Hi, this is Jim Quick, author of New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Limitless. And today I am thrilled to share with you some exciting news. It is Limitless Expanded. It's an updated and brand new edition of my transformative guide. And now it's enriched with new insights and new tools to help you navigate our post-pandemic world. For a limited time, when you pre-order your copy of Limitless Expanded, you're going to get exclusive free access to my 13-day Quick Start 2.0 training. It's a brain training, plus a bunch of amazing bonuses. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and pick up a copy for you and pick up a copy for a friend. This is amazing. And I want to commend you on having the focus on behavioral change, because that's a big part of our listenership. They want to, they realize again, that knowledge is only potential power, only comes power when we change a behavior, right? So what would be a, if we're going for behavioral change, what are some suggestions or starting points for someone listening that they could take to make this a little bit more effortless and and enjoyable? Great question. I'm going to preface this with one more little nugget for parents, for adults, because I shared a lot on children's health Mm -hmm. outcomes. There's another study that I cited in the book looking at office workers at IBM. And, okay. you know, working in tech can be stressful, but they found that worker morale, productivity, stress, all stayed in healthy ranges when they were able to make it home for dinner. Hmm. But as soon as work obligations and other things started to cut into their ability to have dinner with their families, work morale plummeted, productivity went down, and their stress levels began to elevate significantly. And that matters because, and this was published in JAMA as well, 60 to upwards of 80% of all physician visits today are for stress-related illnesses. Stress is like a seed of so many of the health outcomes that we're seeing today. And so how do we get these advantages? How do we get this kind of protective force field around our families? 
in transition, maybe right now that's not a part of your culture. Maybe you don't have those three days, those that minimum effective dose. And the first step here is one of the things that you talk about, schedule it, schedule it. When you when we had a conversation earlier, you mentioned scheduling. I was just like, that is so practical and Captain Obvious, but we don't do it. Hmm. And so, so many other obligations that are less important than our family go on our calendar. Yeah. And so this is a call to arms because a lot of times if we don't schedule it today, it's not real. So pick those three days, whatever they are. It could be different meals. It could be Monday family dinner, Wednesday family dinner, brunch on Sundays, right? Figure out based on your schedule, your unique lifestyles, could be breakfast, you know, whatever days a week, whatever it looks like for you and your family right now. And by the way, you don't even have to stress yourself out trying to get three. If you're going from zero to three, that's quite a task, even just having one or two, right? But three, according to the data, is that minimum effective dose. So that's number one, schedule it. Pick those days, literally put it on your schedule so that it gets some tangibility right out, right out of the gate. Another uh, strategy here for this kind of transition is we have to really understand something about us as humans today. We're addicted to our devices, all right? And so being the, fa the fact that we have this addiction, and we're in a safe space, so we could say it, all right? We're, I'm Sean Stevenson and I have a problem. You know, we can be <laughs> honest about it, that our tech is so integrated into our lives, our yeah. devices can divide us. And it is what it is. And so again, this isn't an advocation for you to not have a family movie night or to watch a show or whatever while you eat. This is to make sure we're getting real FaceTime with the people that we love. Uh, last one I'll share, and there's many others, is a lead-in to that, which is having some kind of a, a practice, a unifying thing at the beginning of the meal. For us, it's gratitude. Um, mm. We've done different things over the years, but we generally go around and share three things that we're grateful for from that day. And there's a couple of reasons why, of course, you, you focus on what you filter for. And so our days are now more filled with looking for things because we're gonna have this conversation later that we're gonna be grateful for and to be able to articulate those. That's part of it. The other part is when we're sharing, we're opening up innately, right? So we're getting conversation going because we might all be in our respective places. And this could be simple things, by the way, like I'm grateful for this food, mm -hmm. or I'm grateful for my family, or I'm grateful for turning my homework in today, or whatever it is, or it can be big things. And so sometimes you're gonna celebrate bigger things, sometimes it's small things, and you can also see the temperature of where your family member's at when they're sharing, right? Maybe there's, it's, just, it's a tough day. Maybe they really gotta dig deep to find something to be grateful for. And we can be able to catch things right before it turns into something later on down the line. So get that real FaceTime and most importantly, allowing your family members to feel seen. Growing up, you know, child of immigrants, we, my parents had uh, many jobs, but you know, what they would always prioritize would be those, our dinners. You know, I didn't get to see my, my parents a whole lot just because they were working so much, but it was always that time. And, uh, and we always had this ritual of going around you know, and I, I love what you say about prayer or blessing and gratitude exercise because it puts you in that kind of parasympathetic rest and digest. You know, sometimes, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time as a child, me, you know, later on it got a little bit easier, you know, as they were able to kind of elevate, but, um, but it was sacred. So it wasn't the amount of time they were spending with us, but it was the quality of time. You know, they were very present and I thought that was very important. You know, so we had an interview with Simon Sinek 
um, who wrote Star With Why, and he was saying just having your device, even if it's face down or in your who's off, created anxiety just at the dinner table or in meals when you're out at a restaurant because you have this, it's a trigger to you feeling like you have to pick it up because we're so conditioned get to get that dopamine. You know, and so it's nice to have a little bit of a detox, you know, if 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 possible to be able to to be able to do that. And, you know, last study I'll share on this note, this was a huge meta-analysis that I detailed in the book. This was from research at Brigham Young University. A meta-analysis is multiple studies. This wasn't just 10 studies or five. This was 148 studies looking at relationships and human health. And this was about 300,000 study participants, by the way. So it's a huge data set. They found that having healthy social ties led to a 50% reduction in all-cause mortality. All right, so said it in other words, having healthy relationships led to a 50% reduction from dying from everything, everything prematurely, right? They said it was more powerful than, uh, than exercise, than beating obesity, than smoking. Our relationships are that cultural shift. Why? Last thing here, most important takeaway today, our relationships determine so many of those other things. There's nothing more impactful on our food choices than our relationships. There's nothing more impactful on our mental health than our relationships. There's nothing more impactful on our success, our exercise habits. If our relationships are tattered and we're struggling in those, it automatically affects all that other stuff. So this is really the tip of the spear when we're talking about cultural change. If we can focus on creating healthy, supportive relationships, it makes those behavior change, those positive things more automatic. I love that. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you wanna go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I wanna invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour, uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode. And we'll put all this, this, some of the studies and links to your books and your podcast, everything in the show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes. I would imagine a lot of those longevity studies, it's not just the food they're eating, it's the fact that they are how they're eating and exactly. the environment they're eating, you know, when they're eating and who they're eating with. And so what is the state that we're in right now, by the way? Because we evolved doing this together, you know? Um, as a species, we would hunt together, gather food together, prepare food, eat yeah. together, celebrate. Like this is how we evolved. And this was a big time of learning as well storytelling, passing on really important tenets and insights that our ancestors had picked up from one generation to the next. And really that's what culture is, by the way. It's the attitudes, values, beliefs, and behaviors of a group of people passed on from one generation to the next. You know, now we have books to be able to do this, 
but there's something very primal about being able to connect and to hear people's voices and stories. And so we evolved doing that. 100% of people were doing it. And more recently, so the latest statistics show that only about 30% of American families eat together on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, I can't talk with you and not mention this, but something for brain health yeah. and cognitive performance. You know, a lot of people over the years, we've talked about this, you know, we know about DHA and EPA, these omega-3s. Listen, for years in my clinical practice, when I found out about omega-3s, because I was educated in a conventional university, I wasn't taught a distinction be between them because there's multiple forms of vitamin C, there's multiple forms of magnesium, the list goes on and on, and the omega-3s as well. And so I would tell people to have, you know, flax seeds and hemp seeds and borage oil and all this stuff, get your omega-3s in. That's ALA, the plant form. And your body can convert a small amount into DHA and EPA, which your brain needs, but you can lose upwards of 80% in that conversion process, depending on your unique microbiome, your genes, the list goes on and on. So it's not efficient to me to be able to meet your needs. And we know what the needs are. And I talk about this in the book. So these researchers used fMRIs to look at people's brains and to see their intake of DHA and EPA and the impact that it had on their brains. They found that people who had less than four grams of those omega-3s had the highest rate of brain shrinkage. Where do we get them? A lot of times we go right to supplementation, which is cool, but that should supplement an already dominant diet for your cognitive function. The most popular food out there, of course, is gonna be salmon, but there's also mackerel, uh, sardines. There's a ton of different, quote, fatty fish that are rich in DHA and EPA. But even within salmon, there's a range. There's king salmon, there's coho salmon. But one serving of king salmon, which is the most omega-3 rich, one serving, we'll just say six to eight ounces, you're gonna hit that four grams. But if somebody is doing a vegan or veg vegetarian protocol, please get yourself some krill oil, which is a microscopic, keyword microscopic, microscopic shrimp, all right? Incredibly rich in astaxanthin. This is what the salmon are eating to get the omega-3s in their tissues. I have to recommend this book. This is Eat Smarter, family cookbook. It's not only nutritious, but it's d delicious. And the photos in there, we were talking about it, absolutely amazing. And it's such an easy and enjoyable read. And I love all the references for the family. So, and it's just not nutritious for your mind and your body, but it's also, it's nutritious for your spirit. Yeah. You know. It's all about, man. Where do people get the book? Anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, your favorite local bookstore, of course. But if you go to eatsmartercookbook.com. Eatsmartercookbook.com. And I challenge everybody to take a screenshot of this episode, wherever you're consuming this, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or, or what have you. Tag Sean, tag myself. What, what social media? At Sean Model, S-H-A-W-N-M-O-D-E-L. Yes, and post it. And then what do you want people to put in the post? Maybe we could ask them a question or something that they could, uh, so they'll post it, they'll tag you and I so we get to see it. Do you want to ask them a question to, to add to it? What is their favorite, what is their favorite meal? And I mean, is it breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, dessert? What is your, what is your favorite meal? I love it. All right, so that's the challenge. Everyone take a small, simple step and then go get the book. Sean, buddy, thank you. My man, I love you. Thank you. Me too.
I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour, uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode. 